Yeah, check, check. Uh, you always do that. <laughs> you always do You that. like it. Oh, yeah! Oh, no. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert and Cannon. I, oh, don't do that to me. What? And I'm Ira Heffler. You're oh, throwing off the I'm momentum. Robert? Is that yeah, better? Well, that's how we, yeah. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that you just have to watch, even if they say no. That's good. I'm not sure when a film says no, but if it when does it, say no, you still got to watch no. it, even if it says no. Yeah, and the reason you're saying that is because <laughs> this week we're discussing. Uh, what's the fucking name of this you always, movie you always blank out yeah, on it, don't you on, i gotta pull yeah. it up promising young woman thank you promising not young. a good title it's a horrible title I, it's totally forgettable again the very fact you had to check three times yes. says something I, it's I've, just not... I've had to look this movie up mm-hmm. i think more than more than three, more times. Than three times more than thrice so thrice. Yeah. thrice what's our top five this week hey, our top five this week is rape movies <laughs> rape <laughs> what 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 i just uh that's a doozy of a top five. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty proud of this one. I like it. You're proud of rape? I, well, I knew it when I came. I knew you'd like the idea. I knew you'd spark it. So, oh, yeah. I, I did not want to do this for the record. No. You, are you, you being forced serious? me. No, no, no. You're kidding. You forced me. In other words, I raped you. Because rape can also be a figurative. Right. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> uh, are you in that with your top five? I wonder. Oh, are you on a literal maybe. level or metaphoric? Maybe. Like raping the land. That's what I was thinking of. I yeah. know that. And you know what? We're off on a quick tangent. Deliverance does both. Deliverance oh. is an extended metaphor about you're like yeah you like what I'm saying don't you? It, is it's, deliverance in your it, top five? Maybe. I so purposely didn't put deliverance in, a, in my top five because you knew I would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that was I thought you would, but you didn't. I didn't. So you 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 yeah. Fucked, yeah you threw me under the bus. I fucked you. You're making me look. Bad. I raped you. Make me look. Bad. Yeah. See? How many rape jokes do you think there are going to be in this, in this <laughs> episode? Already, we're 38 seconds in. We've already done seven. <laughs> <laughs> And it'll only be eight, so just look forward for the uh, look, look for <laughs> one, the, last one, one. one last one, yeah. Yeah. Last week was last our top week five. our top five was out to get you. Mm-hmm. I like saying that out to get you movies. We got a lot of feedback from our faithful listeners. Yeah, we did. Let's share a few, shall we? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, she a lot of repeats with things like Get Out and the Thing and uh, Forbidden Planet. That that's was a an good one. odd choice, and I thought, yeah, yeah, she's right. Barbarella. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. Soylent Green. Uh, the Omen. And of course, yeah, yeah, people. People. and uh, and Halloween. Uh, now, someone suggested Ticker and Dale versus Evil. Are you familiar with that? It's Tucker and Dale. See, I'm not familiar yeah, with Tucker it. Yeah, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So I guess A, you've heard of it, and B, you've seen it. Yeah, either either that person had a typo yeah, or, or, you, or you copied it down. It was on. a copy and paste, so he did write Ticker, not Tucker. He got his ticker confused with his Tucker. Yeah, the, the I and the U are right next to each other uh, on the keyboard. There you go. So. Yeah, okay. And uh, Deliverance and... Uh, do you know the premise of Tucker and I Dale? don't. Do tell. It's a horror movie in the classic sense that there's a bunch of teenagers that go up to a cabin and they're getting hunted by uh, you know, the, the serial killer. The only catch is that it's a total misunderstanding. And the serial killers are just these two country rednecks who are up there trying to repair their cabin. And... Like the kids think that they're being hunted and they wind up doing things that get them killed in the process. And these guys are getting blamed for it. And they're like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, some the kids like, are not being hunted. Right. That, exactly. They're, not, they're yeah. just like, they're, they're just normal people yeah, like yeah. trying to repair their cabin. But the, the kids are so spooked out that they're like, uh, that's funny. Oh, they're murderers. And like one kid goes running at them and trips and falls into like a wood chipper. And 
they everyone's like they just threw him into the wood chipper and you know that's and Dale are like and they just a, ran committed suicide and it's a satire of that genre yes so that's that's clever yeah that's a clever premise yeah um also he someone else wrote i'm i'm used it too often but suicide kings yeah somebody else wrote us the top five number one get shorty okay um uh, better off dead the kid really wants his two dollars and he's coming to get it mm-hmm. uh the movie taken yeah that's hey good... you know what we should that's really good we've spoke about that movie before and that's definitely out to get you does the movie the hunt mean anything to you uh, that's the new one, isn't it? Uh, the... Yeah, it's the new version of the most dangerous game. You know that story, Moji. Yeah, but it's like a comedy. Oh, I think one it's of those, like a comedic. Huh? Yeah, it, they take a bunch of um, conservatives and they release them in the woods and they hunt them down. I haven't seen are, it. Are you serious? Yeah, they, they they stalled the release of the movie originally. Yeah, and then they finally re-released it. I think they were getting like death threats or something on like don't release this. Know, wow. He put that down for his number four. I like this a lot. The same listener put this down for number one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Diary of Van Frank. Where, where they're going to... I don't get it. And he even wrote, um, do I really need you to explain this to you? <laughs> that was very funny. He put that down. Uh, someone else wrote Three Days of the Condor. The, nice. And I like nice. that with, with a young Robert Redford. I saw that in the theater. Yeah. And then I told someone about this podcast that we're doing. And she sent me a text and said, you know what? For the movie you're discussing this week... For promising young woman, that definitely is an out to get you. Mm. That's funny how the two podcasts are organically connected. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are quite a, a, a long list of, of wonderful reviews. Yes, reviews, reviews. Hmm. Sounds like you almost said news in the news presented by. Hey, you know what? I did you ever go to the it's Groundlings the time... or, or Second City or anything like that? Well. I've had my play play at the Groundlings Theater on Melrose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever done any sort of training there? What are you saying? I just let you down. Have you Have you ever done any training? I don't need it. It comes to me organically. I can tell. Did I let you down just now? I I I I like how you still don't answer the question, even when I ask you the question. You don't even go with the question. Have you ever gone to the Groundlings? How's Groundlings riding with news? (laughs) I've been to the theater, but I've never taken a class. No, and I can tell. Yes, because oh, burn. That's a chop. Do you remember that expression? I don't know. That's no. probably a joke. Chop. That's what we'd say to each other. Like burn, chop. You know. Oh. All right. Anyway. That sounds like a racial thing. Yeah. In in the news. <laughs> hey, let me share a couple things. What's with you. in the news? You mentioned this about over a week ago, and I meant to bring it up last week, and I did forget that Netflix is now releasing one new movie every week. For yeah. What do you think about that? How about that for this entire year? So while. Uh, uh, we know what uh, HBO Max, of course, did a blitz. Yeah. They did a blitz with their big movies all coming out on the same day. And uh, Netflix is doing it their own way every week for the entire year of 2021. And we're not going to review any of them. We're not? <laughs> we I, think we've already, I think we've already done five. <laughs> and we're on January. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to acknowledge that with you. You know, something else kind of interesting. Hmm. And this brings up a question you and I have discussed before. You know Phil Spector and, of course, the wall. Who? Yeah, okay. The wall of sound. And he was a, a genius, as a musician, he was a genius, but he was also a cold murderer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, feminists, are livid at the way Phil Spector's death is being, por- he's being portrayed as a music genius. And by the way, a lot of his music is in movies, so that's almost a way of justifying this. But this opens up that huge discussion we've had about other artists in cinema, like, you know, where we're talking about Roman Polanski or Woody Allen, mm-hmm. and there you go again. And 
accused of horrific things, and with especially with Roman Polanski. So is it right that Phil Spector last week was being acknowledged more so as a music genius, and then it said like in the second or third paragraph, oh, he also cold, he blew her brains out, uh, Clarkson's brains out. So it's an interesting... Well, he was convicted, so this yeah, is convi- not even yeah, one of those. Right, not even speculation, yeah. not even speculative, and it is an interesting question, and I think it does tie into previous discussions we've had. That which should be the headline be of his passing? Well, I don't. I don't think Clarkson well, even has a headline anymore. You're right. Um, you're right. But it, it, this also fits in well with the movie that we're here to discuss this week because it's oh, a lot of like right. uh, you know accusation mm-hmm. versus like wh- what are you known for? Should we? We have a process, and that's through, you know, legal through criminal prosecution, right? Whether you're going to do any jail time, but there's also a civil process as well, which you know the standard of guilt is much lower in that in, in that you know civil court. Um, but what do we do about the court of public opinion? You know, which is right. It, I don't. At that point. But he's convicted. He was convicted. That's the difference. With Phil Spector. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you clearly murdered somebody. You were found guilty. I mean. But I I want to remind you, be the devil's advocate with the Righteous Brothers. You've lost that love and feeling. And Mm -hmm. it was he initially got background instruments really loud with cool melodies mm-hmm. and and uh you know the ronettes and be my baby and you can identify and feel it's a phil specter song yeah so all's so, forgiven <laughs> that's the point and a lot of the media is talking about what a music genius now you have a lot of other people who are saying wait a minute he's a fucking cold-blooded killer that should be how we should mm-hmm. be remembered it's it's a conundrum but i think the fact that we're now discussing it mm-hmm is his punishment right his name is always going to be right, synonymous right, with this right, right. same with roman polanski polanski will always have this following him the real um i guess like kind of uh has not hesitation but like conundrum for me are people like snoop dogg which you know he was brought up on murder charges in the 90s as well whether or not i think and he beat the charges but uh whether or not he did it i don't know but He's being thrown in with that, and now he's doing, you know, he's like baking a cake with Martha Stewart and yeah. shit like that. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. do we not forget that this guy's had a pretty violent past? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Some of these guys, like, we we fall so far down the rabbit hole of of celebrity worship that sometimes we we forget that these are, are flawed human beings oftentimes. And I almost think that the, the celebrity nature attracts that kind of mentality don't you think absolutely absolutely yeah i mean we hear all these stories i remember when, you know, like james garner when he and also uh jack nicholson took a club remember to somebody's car yeah where there's an altercation and just smashing in the window and so well, wasn't that a so, paparazzi that was after yes him? yeah I, i'm but see i don't even mind like alec baldwin beating somebody up you over know, a parking what spot. about when he urinates on a plane seriously uh, and what was did. the story with the, him urinating i, I remember something off about he, that. yeah i don't know he peed on the on an airplane that stuff i don't mind i mean it's fighting right like that it's like i almost want to excuse that and be like okay that was a one-off thing you know i I know um bjork one time got so harassed by paparazzi and they were going after her daughter and she flipped a switch she went like ballistic on him and started attacking him i don't blame her one bit right you know they're all over you and even like you know Paris Hilton and and Britney Spears and stuff when when they're like just trying to go about their lives right. and they can't because these people are are literally climbing trees and trying to take 
photos of you in your backyard and shit like that. Like, I mean, I understand you you flipping a switch at that point, right? And and losing it. Although I think one could argue that's why you're getting paid twenty million dollars a movie or something right. like that to to do this kind of stuff. But that's beside the point. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what happened with Phil Spector, right? That's not that's not the same thing. That's not the case of of what's going on with Harvey Weinstein, right? Right. Or in the case of Woody Allen too. And I know we spoke about this in previous podcasts that. Uh, it's not with the adopted daughter and marrying her, but more also the accusations about with the son that mm-hmm. Mia Farrow was lashing out at him. But that too is speculative. That was never proven. But yeah. a lot of people boycott Woody Allen movies to this day. And I get that. But I mean, how many other movie makers do you think molested their children? I mean, if we knew the truth, right? Uh, I'd say you'd be not be watching very many films. Agreed. I mean, I think there's a lot of bad shit that's going on. It's just kind of that Woody Harrel- Woody Allen, Woody Harrelson, Woody Allen's work came to the. I mean, his his personality kind of came to the front, and and he makes so many movies that, and and so many celebrities are kind of tied in with him that I think people it was more interesting. And and it's a celebrity couple, right? It's Mia Farrow right, and right. and Woody Allen, yeah. and there's this weird kind of like marrying the daughter kind of thing adopted. Right. But it's weird. It's right? weird. Agreed. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that celebrities, artists, are more apt to come from the fabric of, of being a little bit more avant-garde and experimenting in whether it's homosexuality, acts of violence, blowing your brains out, cheating on your spouse? More you do, don't you? Absolutely. Yes. And Which think, came first? Well, I think I Which, think it's the idea that someone who is damaged needs to try to heal that wound. They're trying to heal that wound, and they go through all of these steps, and they think, "Oh, well, you know, all this adulation and and this ad- getting becoming admired by everyone else will fill that hole." And then surprise, it doesn't. You know, you, you get all the, the attention that you seek and all the that's accolades. That's why they're performers. That's why they're writers. That's right, where they're in the creative world. Right, right, to make Not a, everybody. Not everybody. But a, not everybody. a percentage of them that is not small yeah, yeah. Uh, is is doing it for that reason because right. they need that acknowledgement. I mean, is it is it surprising that stand-up comics are depressed most of the time? Right, right. I mean, they have this, this like, self-hatred. And I think a lot of them would argue you almost need that in order to be good. Absolutely. Perfect and, examples, Gary Shandling. Right. And then you <laughs> you get it, and it's like, okay, but you're still left with you at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And this, After you this perform, act, you still go home. Right. Often by yourself, and you mm-hmm. go to sleep alone. So you still got the demons. Right. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that we start seeing. Right. I mean, plus now you start to have money being thrown in, so you have more access to drugs. You have more access to guns. You have... Um, just people not telling you no, people not telling you that's a stupid idea. Right. And now you, you just, you get, you're not even tied to the, to the dock anymore. You're just adrift at sea. Interesting. Anyway. And that's in the news. That was it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, short fine, news okay. today. Yeah, that's short, but that's okay. Ira, what'd you we see this week? We have a some are old. Oh, I'm doing the right one, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Some are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. But first, Robert, 
I think someone is sponsoring this segment. Yes, avgearguy.com. Do tell. avgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media into digital media. This is all of your slides, your pictures, your home movies. Did you notice that there were boxes of film out I there? I did. No, seriously. I didn't verbalize that, but yes, I noticed. You don't believe me, do you? Yeah. I think you do almost believe me, but I did I notice did. it. Yeah. yeah, there were boxes of, of film yeah. that came back from avgearguy.com, who's transferring all of my old film negatives from... From, uh, from you didn't need me as a courier to bring it to your home. Didn't even need you. It was already, it was already done. Yeah. He did a great job, didn't he? Yeah, of course. He's quite terrific. And as you know, I had 14,000 of my slides scanned. He's a great guy to know. He really works with you. His prices are extremely reasonable. Well under Costco. He runs specials on Facebook. Like him. And he runs these specials every now and then. And we're both clients of his. I'm going to go first. The state of the art. Oh. State of our equipment. Don't oh. forget. AVGearGuy. Oh, yeah. AVGearGuy.com. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go first. I didn't see very much this week. Oh? Oh. 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 Are you saying nothing? I did see something. Hmm. But I talked about it last week. Oh. Better Call Saul. Again? Yeah. So it's like a continuation of the same? Yeah, it's it's a series. Yeah. 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 I remember about uh, a month and a half ago where you chastising me because in the news I didn't have anything. I said I got nothing and you gave me a real hard time. Now, wait a minute. This is comparable. I can talk this about. This is comparable. No. It's com- so I'm in trouble segment. if I don't watch we, a, we have a, a movie. We have a segment. We have a segment. And I feel with this particular segment and this particular example, you're kind of not pulling your own weight here. First of all, how dare you? Mm-hmm. That's your response. How dare you? When I make a credible argument, that's your response. But you know what I did watch? What did you watch? I watched the new Tiger documentary. The Tiger documentary? Mm-hmm. Are you just making this up because I'm giving you a hard nope. time for not watching anything? Nope. There's I a Tiger it. documentary. It's Tiger not- Woods. Oh, I was thinking about, yeah. What's the deal with him? An- another example of somebody who yeah. achieves greatness and has that. Well, I think... I think he's he was damaged from his dad. You know, I think I think it's really hard when you are raising someone with a singular focus. You know, like he was not even two, and he was on Johnny Carson, like hitting tennis ball or tennis ball, uh, golf balls. I've seen that. I've seen and that segment. It's, I mean, it was crazy, and it, it was very clear. He had a lot of pressure put on him from a very early age that he was basically going to be the next big thing in golf, and there was some. The, the documentary is really even-handed. I feel like it is critical of him, but also praises him. And I think it, it gives a really accurate depiction of him. Um, but I think he also, I mean, I, I just, I think there's a discipline that he has with golf and with sports that I don't think he has in personal relationships. He doesn't have with um with how to interact with people and he winds up using people and i think like i saw the michael jordan documentary too i'm not sure if you saw that either but it's very very similar i mean in terms of tone i think that's just kind of how how someone at that caliber behaves like they're almost kind of like what can how can i use this person to get ahead and they're looking out for themselves because they know they truly are the greatest in the world at this thing and this thing is not, you know, it, it, it's it's not twiddling your thumbs. It's something that people really, really admire, you know, basketball or golf or whatever it may be. Um, and it's really hard, to, I think, to keep grounded and keep your head on right. I think he had it, a weird dynamic with his father. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, his dad was basically like they, they were best friends for a real long time. And then 
he started cheating on Tiger's mom in front of Tiger. Like he was just take girls off to the, there was like a little, um, they had like an RV and he would just take them back to the RV right in front of Tiger and be like, it was fucked up. It was really wow. messed up. And I think he was kind of like, dad, what the hell are you doing? His dad was kind of like, just don't, you know, just go mind your own business. Same thing also with tennis. So Serena sisters. Yeah. The, I think the pop, there was a character. Yeah, but he's still around. I think he still is pretty active in their lives. I mean, he... Look at Michael Jackson's yeah. the father there, too. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. Well, I, I, I saw the Serena, uh, the Venus Sisters documentary a, a few years back, and that one's really good. And it was interesting to see... I mean, one of the things that they said in that line that kind of that resonated with me is they said, imagine in your childhood never going to another kid's birthday party because you had tennis practice. Wow. You think about that, like wow. that says something. Like that's how committed they are. Is like, no, we don't do social stuff. We just do tennis. Wow. So people, as well as the world of sports and athletes, as well as writers and celebrities and, and, and actors, actresses, come from a um, many come from a dysfunctional, yeah, uh, family. And that's why I made the statement that I'm probably one of the most normal people you're ever apt to meet. Let me say that again. Mm -hmm. I'm probably. <laughs> One of the most normal. Wow. I must know aliens. <laughs> so I did watch Better Call <laughs> yeah, Saul, yeah. which is a fantastic show. Um, and Ira. I need to. You yeah. need to watch it. I man. do. I do. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. You would really like it. More so than Breaking Bad. Yeah. That's yeah. what you said last yeah. week. I think I'm, the more I'm watching it, it's funny. I saw somebody, um, I saw a tweet that went out and it said like name your favorite name your favorite tv show that has an incredible season one and better call Saul responded to that tweet and it, it was like it was their official account and they said um plus season two through five and let's face it also number six and six hasn't come out yet six comes out yeah, this year, yeah. so um it was just kind of a, it, yeah they're being kind of cheeky but they're also kind of true like that show has just been it's been great, and it just keeps somehow getting better and better and better. The past two seasons, usually it doesn't happen like that. And yeah. the writing is so smart and clever, and they don't... I, this is one of the few TV shows I can think of that's gone on for five or six seasons where they don't rely on somebody getting pregnant and having a baby. Yeah. That always happens in like season three or four. It's kind of like, all right, we're out that's of ideas. What, Somebody's going to get pregnant now. Desperate for an idea. Yeah. 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 I was reading up on my favorite TV show, The Fugitive, and there was serious discussion in year four uh, that Dr. Richard Kimball will have a child. Right. There and they thought about that. They analyzed it. They considered it at story meetings, and everyone shook their No, 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 no. Bad idea. That's not what the show is about. But it shows you how desperate they were to come up yeah. with something. Um, it's really something that that show has not, did not jump the shark. But it's maintaining its quality after no. all these these years. And this is the last season. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow, they're going to go out with a bang. Yeah, that's really cool. And then what I really like about television now, and this, I mean, this is the new golden age of television. Yes. it really is. Yeah, and it, I mean, it started with Sopranos and Oz and The Wire, like these like early two thousands, and it's it's going for about ten or twenty years now, where we're getting some incredible television. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. There's some amazing shows that are on, and what they're doing now is allowing these shows to finish. Whereas before so often 
You didn't get your final episode. And as you know, you know this. And I appreciate you bringing the it. The Fugitive is the first TV show ever in the history of of, of weekly reappearing dramatic shows to give us an ending. Right. And they felt the higher ups at ABC felt that it will hurt um, when it goes into syndication. Yeah. If they give us an ending, then people won't be as committed, and it it's still as wildly popular as ever. So they did it. They I gave mean, us I know an ending. TV shows like Mash had an ending. Mash you know, had an and, ending. And I get that, but that there were some. Yeah. But mo for the most part, most shows didn't. Right. right? It just kind of, right. well, what happened? Yeah. Nothing. It just, that's it. And I think the, the mentality was different. I mean, I think the mentality up until the past 20 years has been the way that you appreciate television is you just check in with your favorite characters. You watch what they're doing. You know, it's the Bundys. You watch Married with Children. You watch Al Bundy do his thing. And then, okay, you're done and you move along with the rest of your life. You know, you watch Woody from Cheers do his thing and then you kind of move on. And you don't need an ending. But I think that's actually disrespectful to the people who, I do too. who, who watched all along. Absolutely. It's almost saying a fuck you. Yeah. Like you don't care. You don't matter. Like you want to find out, does Alf get back to his home planet or not? Like that's the <laughs> ultimate. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making a joke, being, but I'm also but serious. You no, know, there's it's a legitimate argument with Alf. It is. Yeah. It's kind of like, know what there's been the this through yeah. line the yeah. entire show yeah. of like, he's separated from his planet. Right. Does he get back? What's the answer? Yeah. And the answer is, oh, you'll, you'll just never know. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck off. Yeah. The pub, they don't need to know because the show had a popular run. It did well in the ratings. They got their money from sponsors. Could you imagine how frustrated ending? you'd but be if The Fugitive never had that ending? Well, seriously. And yeah. I, I do belong to two fan groups on, on everyone is just praising ABC and Leonard Goldberg. And he was the executive. And he, he fought. He fought to, for that ending. He said the people deserve it. Are They're faithful. There's a major, and it got extremely high ratings, mm. extremely. There's all these statistics that 45% uh, of all the households were watching that night on that Tuesday. Yeah, on, uh, on August 29th. How could you not? How could you not? Even if you don't watch the show, it's like, well, let's just see what happens. Right, right. Yeah. There's something you said. This ties in with it somewhat. I, th I think it was you last week where you said that there's something to be said for watching an, a weekly show episodically every week mm -hmm. and to not binge. Didn't you tell me you're even showing that do yeah, your daughter was, with Madeline? It, yeah, it was one of the the guys. I was listening to another podcast, and one of the guys from Dukes of Hazard was talking about that. That how he had heard some um, he had heard some parents who had they were going to start doing that with their child when they when they discovered Dukes of Hazard. They said they were only going to watch it at Friday night. Space it out. It's more meaningful. Yeah. It's more meaningful that way. It's more valuable. Yeah. And, you know, people with the binge watching, and again, let me use my core example of The Fugitive. People, you can watch three or four in a row with the same night, but if it gets a little bit, but if you watch it once a week, it's more special. Mm -hmm. And I think you're, it's easier to buy into the storyline without being bombarded with it for four hours. It makes it more special. Sure. It just does. So I think that's really cool that you're, that you're bringing your daughter up that way. Yeah. What did you see this week? Ah, oh, God, my turn. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Dirty Beautiful. It did, did what it was supposed, supposed to, to do. do. There we go. All right. Now, there is something. I love this title. <laughs> listen, listen. This is an actual movie. You ready? Yeah. Preaching to the Perverted. Oh, boy. All I want to tell is you about. Is this like a, a conversion documentary or something? It's not a documentary. Oh, it's a narrative film. Oh, but okay. the main thing I want to tell you is guess who distributed it? Andy Wright. That's right. Andy Wright. Andy Wright. Didn't they also do our movie? 
What's our movie? 30 Love. Oh. Yeah, I believe it. I guess it probably did. Yeah. Anyway, what <laughs> else is going on? 30lovefilm.com. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Bonus features. Tell did, us, yeah. Do, can you get bonus features? Oh, yes, my goodness, can you? Yeah. We're talking outtakes. We're talking gag reel. We're talking deleted scenes. We're talking commentary of Robert and Ira. Wow. Is there a discount? Yeah, there sure is. Uh, it's a, uh, a, f- a 10% discount, a 10% discount. Well, what do they, what do they get do? Either your disc, either a DVD or a Blu-ray. How do they get and, the discount? Oh, well, if you just say that you're a listener of anti-wave and, uh, go to 30lovefilm.com. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was smooth. smooth. Okay. Real fast. Yeah. In the background while I'm doing other things, there it was again, the professional. I know we've talked about it, but I want to say something to you. We've talked about how titillating it is, and it is a titillating film. It's really a good movie. I mean, it's did, a did you fucking watch the, the professional good, or Leon? Well, yeah. Well, are, aren't they identical? No, or is there a different? There's an extra an edit- half hour in no. Leon. No, in oh, which one? Yeah, buddy. Leon, Leon has an extra half hour. Half an hour. It's the same ending, of course, with yeah. the girl with the plot, potted plant. Mm-hmm. But there's more in there for Leon. I think this is just the professional without Leon. So yeah, Leon has an extra half hour where she goes on some of the hits with him. And there's more about their love story where they start to fall in love. It's literally, there's a couple little snippets here and there. And then right in the middle, there's about, I think it's like 28 minutes extra. Just right in the middle. Wow. Yeah. That, you have that, don't you? Yeah, you've got the you've got the disc. Yeah, um, yeah Luc Besson and Jean, how do you say it? Jean Reno, Jean Jean, Jean, Jean Reno before he got fat. Of course, Natalie Portman. And it's he's always been a little movie. chubby. Yeah, even then, he's. I was watching for that. Yeah, a little bit chubby, yes, but not the way we saw him six months ago. Hey, you know what else I had on in the background? I think you got me this. What's that? Blue Crush. <laughs> wow. You know, I I don't know where to begin. By the way, Kate Bosworth. Yeah. First of all, how did I get those shots of her surfing? Those were, it was really well made. That was one of the first movies where they did facial replacement. Like they, they no, did they a. Did. Are you serious? Yeah, for sure. They, is CGI. They filmed other surfers and then they took her face and put it on. Wow. Well, it sure had me fooled. Mm-hmm. It, it had me fooled. But, um, what a great movie that was! It did what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, speaking of which, I ha- I happen to have watched the secret secretary. No, the just plain old secretary with, of course, Maggie. Mm-hmm. She's my girl. Now yeah, Maggie and her brother. He's not in it, but I like the brother too. And uh, James Spader. And the last thing I want to talk about is, I got to mention this again. What's my line? Now listen, listen, listen. On what's my line? We have the following people. First of all, Lee Remick. We watched her in Face in the Crowd. Uh-huh. She was on the panel. She was on the panel, guessing along and having fun. Maurice Chevalier. Do you remember? No. Yes? Oh, thank <laughs> heaven for little girls. They grow. You don't know what I'm doing I right don't now. Even know what you're doing? Yeah, Maurice Chevalier. He was 77, and he was the mystery guest, a very French singer, dancer, actor. Maurice Chevalier. Maurice Chevalier. I'm teaching you a new name. Google him. Google him. I, and he's French. Oh. I don't don't believe it. (laughs) Maurice Chevalier. So he was at 77, but here's what really got me. Yeah. Barbara Streisand. Who? 22 years old. I don't know who that is. 22. At that time, she was coming out with a record called My Name is Barbara. So they had her on the show at 22 years old, and I just love that show. Was her nose big? Oh, a little anti-Semitic jab, methinks. Well, she does have a big nose. Yes, it was. Quite a honker she had. (laughs) I think that's why she's a good singer. You think so? Obviously. Have you noticed? Let's do a study. 
with singers and the size of their nose. I think there's a nasal oh, reverberation. Maybe. I'm really serious. Well, you know, Freddie Mercury. Did he have a big nose? No. He had well, thick lips, kind of. He did not want to have his teeth. He had messed up teeth. Yes. And he didn't want to have his teeth uh, fixed because he was afraid it was going to change his voice. Wow, the teeth. Yeah. How it comes out of the yeah. mouth. That's interesting. And so he was like, I'm, I'm going to keep it because it might mess up my voice a little bit if I change it and it can give a different sound and that's not what I want. Let's Google all the great singers internationally and get pictures of them and I'm going to make the argument that more than 73% of them will have large honkers. 73%? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I get 74%? Yeah, well, 74 But if it's 72, then it doesn't count. Oh, okay. Yeah, got to be 70. I think it's interesting. Yeah, anyway, that's what I saw this week. Wow, all right. Hey, you want to talk about uh, Promising Young Woman? Yeah. Yeah. You know the title? I had to look <laughs> yeah, at my sheet. just now, didn't you? You saw me cheating. I did. I saw you cheat, and Robert, <laughs> talk us through it. Promising Young Woman is a um, is a feature film directed and written by Emerald Fennell, who follows, uh, the movie follows, a character named Cassandra, or Cassie. Yeah. And she's out on revenge. It's a revenge tale, Ira. I'll say. And her best friend in med school was raped. Right. And she's kind of tracking down all the people who were involved and getting them back. That's fair. That's it. Yeah, that's basically it. That's it. I've been waiting. We watch the movie together, Robert. Sometimes we watch them together, sometimes apart. I'm going to ask you, mm -hmm. what did you think? I hated this movie. Did you like this movie? I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I'm going to do with a wiggle in between, but I'm, I'm really curious to hear your take. <sighs> all right. That's it. That says it all. This is Your a side. this is a female rape fantasy. Yeah, this is like, uh, you know what this is? This is a poor version of a female-inspired falling down. <laughs> but the the problem was with falling down was that Michael Douglas's character kind of he had a point in each one of these I'm, little I'm gonna, snippets, I'm right? Interrupt you. He had sympathy. Yeah, there I was guess sympathy, but it was also like he there was some there was an argument like when he goes into to McDonald's to buy some food and they're like, it's too late. We don't serve food anymore. And he goes off the rails. He's like, what the fuck are we doing? And each one of those little um, snippets in, in the the like uh, segments, I guess those were all related to frustrations that we all feel in yes. life. And by the end, it's more universal. Yes. And then by the end, he's going, wait, I'm the bad guy? Yeah. And he was looking at society like, society's yeah. fucked up. And it kind of makes us have to question that. That's the brilliance of falling down was it was like, this is an anti-hero, right? Like he's he's doing something that is like, I, I get what you're doing and what you're feeling, but your reaction is too far extreme. This is trying to do that, but giving permission to- The movie had the no moral compass. Yes. Yes. And I think too it is a it is a fantasy about rape. And I think it actually does more damage than it does good. And I don't think people sat down and had a real in-depth conversation about this that that wasn't just people nodding and going, "Yes, yes, rape is awful. We have to stop it. And this is going to do something. This is going to fight back against it." And it's kind of like do you not realize that like interrelationship rape happens, you know, where you're with someone and you're scared and you're afraid that they might hurt you or kill you. 
And so you let them rape you because you're in a relationship with this person, because you have a mortgage tied to them, because you have a, a life and bank accounts that are tied to them, children with this person. That's that happens all the time, but this movie doesn't address that. Right. This, this addresses the drunken frat house, uh, people getting blackout drunk kind of rape, which is this kind of wild rape that does happen, but but it's extreme. Yes, there's no gray area. Right, and you're saying the gray areas to analyze are much more fascinating. Yes, and we relate to the gray areas, not the black and white. This was so extreme. Yes. It also makes it seem as if we're giving an excuse to these guys that are doing that. Like, right. oh, you know, society protects these these poor, innocent boys who are raping these girls. No, no, they don't. They fucking throw the book at them all the time. I mean, look at the um, the uh, the Duke lacrosse team. Right. 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 They, and that was all fictional. It was right. all made up. And they were like, they were destroying those guys. And they had to fight for their reputation. It happens all the time that people are being i mean so much so that there are a lot of uh false accusers and and that's a whole world of mess to unravel right who's responsible and who's not and everything else but this movie could have been better served by talking about rape in a different way and in a way that isn't as as easily identifiable as it, this is black and it was white. Black and white. It's too black and white. It's like okay Absolutely. clearly what they did was wrong. Right. Clearly what they did right. was fucked up. Right. And you're your um, concept of revenge is is not helping anybody. It's not helping you. It's not helping them. It's not helping society. And it also kind of, um, I mean, it goes to something you've kind of indicated, which I disagree with slightly, that people will never change. Like if you're a rapist in college, you'll be a rapist for the rest of your life. And it's kind of like, it's just none of the characters felt real. They, they oh, feel yeah. like caricatures of each other. I know. That was a cartoon. It felt like a cartoon. Well, the, the, the fact they the were three dimensional. Yes. They well, she's walking down the street, and literally, her. there's construction workers know, across the street going, yeah. "Hey, baby!" Yeah. What a convenient, like, what a convenient scene. I, look, it I get it. Yeah, I, it I get that that kind of stuff might happen to yeah. women. Yeah. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Come on, can we really? We have to do that. And she, okay, another point that I have to make. Do tell. Yeah. This gets back to the the argument about. If, if my wife were to dress up in like a skimpy outfit, well, she was asking and, for it, and go running through Central Park in the yeah. middle of the night, yeah, is she to blame for getting sexually I know. assaulted? And I'm going to look at that opening scene, and it was the opening scene where she was at that club, drunk, uh, you know, in that uh, booth, trapping mm-hmm. a guy to take. And then is that the same scene where she's not really drunk after all, and she right. suddenly starts? So it was entrapment. Yeah, but it was so black and white. And again, I know it's the grays which are more fascinating, and it's the gray areas that reflect life more than the black and white. Well, it's also an area that we can learn a little bit more too, right? I mean, like yeah, when we learn our own background and like, oh man, that thing that I did might have actually been more like I've never been at a drunken party. I went to a crazy ass college. I mean, an insane college with full of blackout drunken drunk parties all the time, and I never saw a gangbang like that going right. on, and never even heard about that happening. And if that did happen, people would have beat the shit out of whoever did it. We're like, that's not acceptable. You don't do that. I, I'm sure that there was some sexual stuff that was going on, but to to not take any responsibility for 
putting yourself in that, that situation, I think that what that does is it, it puts all of the blame on the raper and n no personal responsibility on the rapee. Right. And that almost permits the next person to be possibly raped. If we want to stop rape, which I'm on board for, and I'm not trying to victim blame. What I'm trying to say is take some preventative measures. You know, don't don't get drunk at parties. If you're at some party where there's there's a bunch of people you don't know. Personal responsibility. Don't, don't drink. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to drink. Yeah. And yeah. then people go, but, but uh, it's not their fault. I understand that. But if you're going to go to Central Park at night, don't wear a bikini. Right, right. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And yes, it's not your fault that you get raped. But you could make better decisions right. that would prevent right. it from happening. Yeah, like you said, with the construction workers and wobbling across the street with a chili dog in your hand, yeah. you know? What are you and doing? Yes, rape is wrong. However, she was, um, God, I feel funny saying asking for it, but she was flirting in the, her whole body language, the way she was strutting. And she should know better. And it's all about personal choices, making right. smart choices. Yeah. That's what we're saying. I had, By the way, there were obviously two tones in this film. And part of it was a black comedy. And the, the collision of mm -hmm. the humor, and I think I even muttered to you near the end, I'm not sure how to take this, that there were scenes that were funny. Um, I, I had problems. I didn't buy her as a character. I didn't, and, you know, I was thinking, yeah. why is this not? It was very cartoonish. It was so cartoonish, the scene with her family, her mom and her dad, and the exchange there. I wasn't buying into it. And I thought, if this movie is going to be told, it needs to be with Juliette Lewis. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Living by herself. Yes. And then you've got a movie on your hands. Here's You're what I, with me. Here's what You're, I wrote down. Here's what I wrote down. Juliette Lewis by herself. No crazy woman is this lucid. <laughs> That's right. Because it, she, she she had everything kind of all figured out. She knew exactly she what was she was witty. doing. She was witty with right. her repartee. Right. Saying really clever little quips to the customer who came in. She was actually cerebral at times. Yes. I want to see Juliette Lewis, but living by herself. Boom. Now so, you've got a story on your hands. You know, just this reminds me uh, that podcast I was mentioning earlier was about the uh, Dukes of Hazard. Um, it was the Adam Krola show, and he made a mention later on. He said, you know, in one of the openings for the Dukes of Hazard, there's one shot of a guy, uh, you know, one of the, the Dukes of Hazard, one of the boys, good old boys, who shoots an, an arrow, like a flaming arrow, and it, like, it goes into a cop car. And, you know, then they're like sliding all over the place and evading the police. And he makes a mention of it later on. He said, you know, it's the, the song says they're just the good old boys never meaning no harm. And he's like, they're just they're good boys. They're, they're no, uh, you know, but they've been in trouble with the law since the day where they were born. And it's like, if you look at the real person who thinks it's a good idea to shoot a flaming arrow at a yeah. cop car, they are not good people. Those are like the worst people in society. And I think that's kind of what we got going on here, which is. The person who thinks this is a good idea to go back and either hurt these guys or rape them or traumatize other people. I mean, what, what are you doing? Well, she's nuts. Yeah. She's but, fucking crazy. I think that's the problem that, that I'm having with like, the writer. And I the, the writer is kind of writing this fantasy. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if we could blank, blank, blank? And it, no, that's not cool. What's cool is to try to find forgiveness and to say, you know, this, this is what Martin Luther King was always talking about. Like you can't, you can't fight hate with hate, right? You can only fight hate right, with love. Right. And, and you are perpetuating this idea of darkness. And 
if she had come to him and shown him the video of him, uh, of the, the main bad guy of him raping this woman several years ago and said, why did you do this? Like that, there's, there's something there. Now, granted, maybe that's not the recipe formula for a good movie, dark comedy. Right, yeah, right. or a movie. I mean, I think you could make a movie out of that, but it's not the same It wouldn't movie. be as high concept. Right. And it's kind of, that's why I feel, uh, that's why I don't like this movie. It, it's very poorly written, not to mention the fact that it's really bad dialogue. There's a few lines in there that really made me cringe. Other than the self-conscious quips that were too intelligent, well, too first, cerebral? Yes. That, def- I had an issue with that. Definitely that. In fact, that pulled me out of the movie. Yes. And this is the, what, what's the Aaron Sorkin You're right. thing where You're everyone's right. just way yeah, too yeah, witty. Poetic and beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you get a couple of those. Like, you get a couple of those per movie. If there's just a natural dialogue, we're having a conversation right now, and it, we're, t- we're going to talk for an hour and a half, roughly, right? Yeah, right. And out of this, once or twice, we're we're, we're going to say something. We're a little bit clever. Um, <laughs> I might say something. <laughs> that is funny. But you're so right. It's not going to be 90 minutes of cleverness. No. Well, who well, talks maybe, like that? Well, I do. And we're professionals. <laughs> we are? You just told me I had to go to the groundlings and take their workshops so I could be better. <laughs> but the other thing is the line, and I know you heard me say it, I cannot handle this line. This is poor script writing. If there is a screenwriter who is listening to the show, please do yourself a favor. Go through any screenplay you have. And if any character ever says the line, what are are you you doing doing here? here? Reconsider. Yeah. Reconsider. And I was talking about it with producer Joey the other day, and I was saying, is there ever in a time to say that line? And... We kind of thought about it and we said, okay, maybe in this situation, if you walked up to somebody and you said, what are you doing here? <laughs> okay, that's one reading that you could say. Um, or if you were, if they were like painting something and you went, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, the painting yeah, or their, yeah. their, you know, the haircut, yeah, like, yeah, you know, something like yeah, that. You, yeah. There's a, maybe a couple yeah, of line yeah, readings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are far and far, oh, far, far, far between. Yes. Few and far between. We've talked about this for years. We yes. talked about the fact when we were first writing 30 Love at my place, and yes. that's when you were first saying that. What are you doing beat. here? Or, what are you doing here? It's such People don't lazy talk that way. writing. People don't talk. And it, it's so ingrained in my brain now. Yeah. When I watch a movie, I know. I, I know. scream it out. Yeah. As soon as they say it, I just yeah. repeat it. What are you doing here? It's lazy. It's lazy writing. Yeah. But I like your two interpretations where we can give that a pass. <laughs> Both those examples were really solid. But how many, I think I said it like two or three times in in this movie. Yeah. And and what really kills me is it's even different characters, and so it's it's the same author's voice in both the character. You're not really thinking about your character, how your character absolutely. Would approach this. I was pulled out of the movie so much, yeah. so frequently because of the witty stuff, the exchanges. There's cliche writing. There is one line where I did laugh out loud, Robert, and uh, I, I think you saw my reaction when she brings the boyfriend yes. home. That was and, actually a good that scene. That was really. Uh, what do you do, a doctor? Yeah, didn't you tell? Oh, yeah. And tell him that you're a doctor and you're wealthy. And the the kid responds saying, well, sir, I'm not wealthy. Thanks well, for says, stopping. Not that wealthy. Not yeah. that wealthy. The father says, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. That was fucking funny. Yeah. And I laughed out loud. But that's a clever. That whole and I scene was it. pretty good. I bought it. Yeah. But she was a cartoon. She was a cartoon. Yeah. Yep. Juliette Lewis should be living by herself in a little apartment getting even. Yeah. I could buy that more than this yeah. person. I think also... The male lead, the romantic lead, was really poorly cast. Was it wimpy he was, or says, why do you say that? Was that something a little? He just he does not look like what we want him to look mm-hmm. like. 
Uh, what's his name? Bo. Bo. Bo yeah. Burnham. Yeah, Bur- Bo Burnham. Burnham. Wait. Bo Bur- Burnham. Yeah, yeah. Burnham. Who is it? Bo Burnham. Burnham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Cooper. Yeah, he's a comedian. Bo Burnham. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And it just didn't. Like the scene where he's dancing and singing like Paris Hilton's song, it just it well, I, that, bothered, that whole montage bothered me. Yeah, it seemed for, and we've seen it before. It's derivative yeah. where they break into, they lip sync in a CVS to Muzak. I didn't buy it. Yeah, it's I don't need cute. any of that stuff. It's too cute. But yeah, you would expect that he'd be more of a hunk. I think that's what you're saying. I just, I don't because she's pretty hot. Here's part of the other problem. She's too hot. She was hotter than he was. Yes. Clearly. Yes. yes. And then she comes back and says, uh, first of all, she's, uh, he catches her with somebody else. They've gone on like two dates. He shouldn't have even said anything. Yeah. He should have just taken that to the grave and been like, well, okay, that hurt my feelings, but yeah. you know, whatever. But okay. But he so he loved her. Uh, well, not yet, but if he does, if he has the nerve okay wait were they intimate at that moment no they weren't no, they just got on a they went dates. out two times yeah. yeah let me tell you yeah i i dated a girl one time yeah right yeah. i was dating this girl to tell and i went to we we met at, at a stand-up comedy show and we were dating off off and, on, and it was just a, a few dates but we were we were kind of semi-serious you know we were kind of we were hooking up pretty occasionally and I went to another stand-up show with a buddy of mine, and as we were walking down the line, she was standing in line with another guy, waiting to go in. You and chose not to say anything, not to even. I, she and I locked eyes quickly. Oh, you had eye contact. Real quick. Yes. And she looked away. Yeah. And I went and I stood in a line behind her, didn't say anything. You know, so I was like, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to go over to her and be like, what the fuck? I just I didn't let that go. Whatever. Yeah. That's, that's her decision. And she she was in line, and she had her back to me, and she and the guy got out of line and then walked away and didn't go in to see the show. Uh-huh. And I went, mm. so she was embarrassed, yeah, clearly. Yeah. And then later on, I texted her, and I was like, okay, so we should just talk about what happened. We saw each other, and what's up? I, said, I was like, are you with him now? And she was like, yeah, I'm kind of with that guy now. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I wish you the best. There was yeah. no hard feelings. Yeah. And that was it. And it was kind of like, there you go. You get over it. Did, did you fuck her? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> but this guy, okay, so he kind of had the healthy approach, which was kind of like, all right, you're with him. I, whatever. I guess I'm I'm minced meat. But then she shows up later at his, at his apartment, which is yes. kind of weird. And then she comes in and says, it's hard to explain, but he doesn't. Ask for an explanation of like, okay, well, can you explain it then? You said it's hard to explain, but try me because I'd like to hear if you have some sort of rational ex- explanation for this. And then if she said, oh, my explanation is I'm taking advantage of people that are raping people and getting even with them. He should be running anyway. She, she He dodged a bullet. You know, he should be getting the fuck out of here. I mean, what the fuck Instead, you- all the two of them did during that scene was make fun of the other guy's hat. Yeah. That's all they did. Again, repartee and clever writing and right. said, oh, I was really bad, especially that hat. <laughs> Instead of really dealing with the issue at hand, you go for a joke. Right. And that's that's wrong. Well, and I think, too, like, I could feel that this, there were so many 
female moments that were being placed onto male ideas. Um, the idea of like the guy saying, I love you for the first time and really like wanting to hear it back from her. And it was kind of like, I, I don't think that's how most guys operate. Right. Now, I'll tell you, that's how I operate. Right. But I, I think I'm by far the minority of my friends. You know, I think most of my, my guy friends are kind of like, I, I love her, whatever. And if she doesn't love me back, then I don't know, she's hot. That's kind of how they operate. They're not like, oh, does she love me? I mean, right. okay, maybe this guy is that way. Maybe he is a little bit more sensitive. But the wedding stuff at the end, I wanted that. I with love the you. cops showing up. That's know, a that's a female that. idea. We're gonna get to that. I know. Yeah, that's a female concept of like my wedding was ruined by the police showing up. I know. I, mean, I know. All right, let's talk about before we talk about that climactic moment, though. Yeah, the the guy would be going. Do we get our deposit back for this or what? Like. <laughs> I didn't like that I love you and the proclamation of that in a very dramatic thing. In my fantasy, I've always wanted to be with someone quite special in my life and to say, I love you, I'm falling for you also. And then my response would be... How do you be, say that with his dick in your mouth? <laughs> in his mouth. My response would, after the exchanging of I loves you would be, I'd like to be able to say, oh, we're really fucked, aren't we? Now what do we do? There's something about that's very Ira-esque. That's very Ira-esque. But it's also, I like that more. And that's the way I would have rewritten that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Now what do we do? I think that's more of an acknowledgement with a cute It was wink. just everybody but trying the to whole be thing, funny. Yes. They're, okay. So trying to be funny. Now, you're bringing up the climax. The climax. Yeah. The climax. Set it up for us. Tell us what happens. All right. So. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Wait, let me back up. He also says something right before he says, I love you. He says, no, shut up, you crazy bitch, because I love you. He calls her a bitch right beforehand. And that's that's a female writing that line. That's not a male yeah. saying that. Like, yeah. if even jokingly, I don't. Yeah, you don't do that. By the way, let me interject that you had the notion you you were so convinced that there was a female writer at play, and yeah. of course, then we looked it up, and it was. Yeah. you were not at all. I said this to you to before that. we looked yes, at it. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes. Um, so what was I going to say? The oh, so the ending. Okay, so she's she gets all nutty. She finds the guy who originally raped her friend in college, and he's having a bachelor party. So she tracks him down to a bachelor party, uh, pretends that she's a stripper. He goes upstairs with her. She handcuffs him to the bed. And it's kind of unclear whether... How did he get free? He slipped one out hand. of the hand, one of the handcuffs. Okay. Right. And then he winds up killing her. Now, is that her plan? No. Oh. Because Whoa. everything else that happens Wait, after that... Wait, because the other texts that were sent on timer... Right. ...would suggest that she knew she was going to die. die. I didn't even think of that, Robert. I didn't even think Which of that. Which is so stupid. I mean, maybe... Well, okay, so she, di sure. she dies, right? Yeah. And then... Suffocate the bitch. Yeah. Well, to be fair, she was trying to, like, physically carve into carve this man. Name, like, carve think, yeah. her friend Nina's yeah. name into his chest, yeah. presumably. Yeah. <sighs> Bizarre. So, the next day is the wedding... Or two days later? I think it would be mid two or three days later, but go ahead. Okay. Right. You know. Less than a week. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is the the big wedding and everybody's there and um and right in the middle of the wedding, after after they've said their vows and they're everybody's like before the big dinner and everything, the police show up and arrest the groom for murdering this woman. 
you cannot convince me that the police would think that that's the best time to arrest this person. The only way that would happen would be if they were like hopping on a flight to Aruba that night. Right? Like it does, doesn't make any sense. Why would well, you Unless they knew that also the other guys in the house were going to be there too. I think they were the same people, yes, the ushers, I guess his buddies were yeah, there. But so like, they could all round them all up at once. In front of their families yeah, and like that, that just presents more yeah. problems. But it's cinematic as hell. That's what it right, was. But th- that's the problem. Cinematic, right, right. And then she sends all of these scheduled texts to. By the way, you have to have a special app for that. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just, just she sends all these special texts to a uh, scheduled text to her uh, boyfriend, ex now ex boyfriend because she's dead. And first of all, he gets texts that say scheduled text from Cassie. It's it like doesn't say schedule. Well, anyway, it doesn't say scheduled text. text yeah. yeah, you just get the text. Yeah. You don't know that it was yeah. scheduled earlier. And then it's like... Uh, but that was a way to tell the audience. Right, 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 right. right. And then it, it said, uh, you know, did you think this was over? It is now. Enjoy yeah. the wedding. Wink. Winky face. Yeah. That's, what does that mean? Yeah. Okay, and enjoyed the wedding watching this guy get arrested who murdered you? Yeah. I think she was being sarcastic. Well, I think I would enjoy that. I'd be like, yeah, good riddance. Well, why the fuck did this guy murder her? She didn't deserve to die. I wonder if she knew she was going to die. That's really interesting. I did not consider that. I didn't consider that. Well, I think the, the, the argument could, could be made that way. she had set everything up if she was going right. to die. Right. Psycho bitch. The ending, what, what, what are you going to say? Uh, gets... I, I was thinking about another awful line of dialogue. Oh, do tell. Where do she tell. says, like, uh, can we try again? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> I fucking, you're such, <laughs> like, limp fish, like, ugh. I have a question to ask you. Yeah. I hope you can help me on this. Maybe yeah. I missed out on something. When he, the quote, nice guy, comes in the coffee shop the first time, mm-hmm. if he didn't go into the coffee shop, she would not. It was only after that they exchanged that she realized who he was. Was that right? Or do I have that wrong? No, I think he told her. He said he recognized her. When he first came in the coffee shop. Yeah. That was a happenstance. What if he never came into that coffee shop? Would she know who to go after? I I think the idea was that she wasn't going after them. She was going after just guys, right? In general, right? So his coming in, all right, yeah, was the that was the initial, yeah, push. You know, the ending reminded me of very much, but as a better movie. Remember Cruel Intentions? Yeah, and with the, those were with journals. Uh, mm. Remember the writing and passage. Vaguely. Do you vaguely remember that? And the camera was swooping up, and it was that Catholic school girl. There, all the people, the journals were being handed out saying uh, it was a slam against all these people and what they did and their shenanigans. And it was that same type of getting even and the camera would pan up and you'd hear this classical music play and cut to credit. It just reminded me of that. Cruel Intentions. Speaking of which, movie. the music in this was awful. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, this was not very good. It was, it was, it was not melodic. This is a great example of the kind of movie that I was talking about before where the there's no theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, can How did the theme song for this movie go? No, no. And I'm always good at that. Yeah. Name the movie. I'll hum the opening title right. credit. And I can't do it. Right. It was just, yeah. Well, was it the, what do we have? Just call the angel of the morning. I think that's what they were playing at the end. During yeah, the that, that was, that's just a song. I know. That's my yeah, point. That's not the theme. No, it's just song. Wasn't it all just songs? Yeah. It was just all songs. I mean, how does Psycho and it, go? Yeah, but even even the stuff like where she's like leaving town before the oh, re- yeah. re- it's like the yes yeah. 
That's we're a good talking about song. themes throughout the whole film, and it gets you going. With a variation of the theme depending up, on the mood, amps up the tension. Absolutely. And you're like, oh my gosh, they don't do happening? that anymore. No, they don't do that anymore. Ask Elmer Bernstein; they stopped that. I think I don't think you can ask. Okay, him. I'm pretty I sure he's dead. Yeah, yeah. You know something else that bothered me. I want to hear. So, there was a scene where Laverne Cox, who's Gail, so that th- this is the owner of the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Says to Cassandra, she says, "If you're gonna, if you are going to fuck here on the counter, it's like, why? Yeah. I, where did that line come from? Yes, all of these characters are written the exact same." Like, they're all kind of, like, socially inappropriate, but, like, comedically so. Yes. Like, where he shows, like, hey, what are you doing here? And she said, I came here for my herpes medicine. Yeah. And it, oh, you have herpes, too. It saves us an awkward conversation. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. But she says in front of them, if you're going to fuck on the counter. Robert, that line pulled me out. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. But then the other thing is she says, there's some bleach over there. Now, this has always bothered me. Because you don't clean A food countertop surface counters with bleach. With bleach. Because it's porous. It will get in the food. And I remember I had a buddy of mine who used to work at a pizza restaurant. And that he would, every night when he was cleaning up, he would clean the cutting board with bleach. I'm going, you don't, oh my God, soap and water, buddy. That's what you'd use, soap and water. If you use yeah. bleach, it's porous. Yeah. Bleach is poison. Yeah. It gets in the food. Yeah. You don't clean with bleach? What are you talking about? She's black, you know. Oh? <laughs> I didn't notice. I Why didn't would Alfred Molina be in this movie? He's an accomplished actor. Not you know. anymore. <laughs> I love what Alfred Molina said. I think I said this to you once before when he was in that one variation of Spider-Man, the uh-huh. bad guy with the, the octopus tentacles. Remember all the yeah, tentacles? Yeah, yeah. And he said, more people have seen me in the opening week of this movie than in all my career on Broadway. <laughs> and I love that comment. You know what? It's probably true. Yeah. It's probably true. <sighs> I, the problem with this movie is the writing. I, it stems from the writing. And, and the premise, too. Well, that's the writing. Oh, you're right. Yes. I, I wonder if it could be remade in a way that didn't... The look of the film wasn't bad. I'll, I'll give them that. I mean, the... They had a lot of um, a, a lot of shots that were um, balanced. What's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for? There's a word. You, you talk. It'll come to me. Symmetrical? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You started with this. They were very symmetrical. And you used that throughout the film. Right. Symmetrical, balanced shots. And there was some nice which framing. Which were kind of cool. There was some good lighting, but some of it actually called too much attention to itself. I'm thinking about there was one shot where she went to a bar that was all blue, and she's kind of leaning up against the bar, kind of pretending to be drunk and waiting for some guy. She's like rubbing her butt up in the air, which is like, what the? Are you presenting? Like, are we in fucking National Geographic or something? Like, what is this? And some guy comes running up to her. That I think that was the guy with the fedora. But the lighting on her is like one golden light, like right. as if she chose to stand in this one spot where there is actual light and everywhere else is just blue. Like, what the fuck? Too pretty. Too yeah. self-consciously pretty. A, a little too much. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, I mean, all in all, I thought the look of the film was uh, was pretty good. She looked great in that nurse's outfit. She really did. It starts to become kind of weird. But, like, okay, are you are you trying to get us to fetishize her? Because you're you are causing us to look at her in this way and she's showing up with these garters on and this little sexy nurse outfit and the you know the pastel hair and everything and it's kind of like well obviously obviously they did that because supposedly one of the guys 
hired a stripper and you know they dress up as cops but and the nurses. way the camera so that was, starts at her oh, feet and the goes up in her, her leg going in there absolutely yeah so it was to get us off to yeah. get us aroused it's like and it worked it's being sexual absolutely the movie's guilty of what it is that it's critical of yes the movie's being is guilty of what it is that's critical of yeah yeah of that's what i'm saying I don't, I don't think they really sat down yeah. and yeah. thought about yeah what they're doing and how they're yeah. doing it yeah and I think there's other films that are that handle this subject matter more responsibly, where they're kind of like we we're tackling something very difficult here. How do we how do we do this in a way that isn't hypocritical and actually achieves the end goal that we want? Is the end goal to seek revenge on those that have have committed these crimes, or is the end goal to stop this from happening in the future? Hmm. Well. Idealistically, I can say that why why have an either or it could be both. Revenge. I don't think the, I don't think you can. I think I think when you start going toward revenge, I think you start to perpetuate this happening mm, more. Yeah. I think it's kind of like it, it, it's almost like politics. You know, you, you start voting Democrat for too long, Republicans are, are people are going to start switching back to Republicans and you start voting Republican too long. People start switching back to Democrats. It's just, there's an ebb and a flow to things. And if they're, if you start attacking so much of like, let's just seek revenge, seek revenge and stop it from happening. I think there's people that are going to be like, no, fuck you, fuck women. Cause they're always trying to take revenge. Mm -hmm. And now it perpetuates this kind of like, get them sick them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think also, even if I'm wrong, Let's, let's assume that that premise is wrong. I would still argue that even if, if you said both of those premises are true, let's seek revenge and let's try to minimize um, minimize rapes in the future. Because you are doubling up on your message, you're actually watering them down, mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. And if you just focused on... Diluting. Right. So if you focused on one, I think right. it could be more right. effective. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it's just missing an opportunity right. to talk about how, how could we prevent this kind of stuff from happening in the first place. And honestly, we've seen this kind – this was so cliche and derivative of other things that we've seen before yes. that it doesn't we, – we have all heard about the drunken frat boys at colleges who rape. We, we know it. We get it. And I, I don't think there's anybody that's unaware of it. I think what people aren't aware of is – um, you know, parents who or you know fathers who are molesting their children, and I guess moms who are molesting their children too, right? Or um, you know, how do you deal with um, babysitters who are molesting their children, or how do you deal with um, you know husbands who are raping their wives, or women who are abusing their husbands? And, I mean, that alone is a very interesting topic where we just don't talk about it in our society. Mm-hmm. There's when's the last time you've talked about or seen a, a movie? that deals with domestic abuse about a woman who is abusing her husband. Wow. You don't see it. It's always this, you know, the guy drinking beer and like, shut up woman. And just, you know, very stereotypical. I mean, the same stuff happens on the flip side. I mean, are we going to go back to James Thurber with like secret life of Walter Mitty to be the last thing that somebody was henpecked? Right. 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 I don't know. Anyway. (sighs) So what do you really think? Loved it. Loved it. Perfect movie. Money shots. I got to say, I mean, her walking up to the house in the <laughs> in the pastel outfit. You're being, I mean, you're being Ira you right now. You're that? being Ira. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to forget. Yeah. As the nurse. Yeah. And with the uh, the thigh highs with the garters, mm-hmm. the cap. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I think another problem with this movie is that it's it's got so many twists and turns and like it's comp it's needlessly complicated that I'm gonna forget what this movie's about. Mm-hmm. I mean, the benefit of it a, did take a long time to get to the climax. Yeah, I did feel that. It took a long time till we got to the big ending. Well, and I'm also kind of like, where's this going? Yeah, like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, and I guess that's the the benefit of a movie like. Um, do you remember a long time ago we saw the movie The Wall, where the soldiers sure. were pinned behind the wall? Sure. Well, we know what that movie's about. Oh yeah, they're pinned behind a wall. They got to get out. That's it, right? Or uh, I'm not sure if you ever saw the movie Buried, where he's buried. I, I know. Ryan Reynolds is buried in a it, coffin. He's got to get out. That's right. that's the right. pr- and, and the very simplified. I know. Like, I know. What are we you doing? You love here? those one location movies also. Well, where it's just I, very easy to get it to taken, label it. Taken is easy You're to right. understand. So there's multiple locations, but in one sentence you can. It's, yeah, it's tight. Like, it's simplified. Tight. It's tight. Right. And I think like if if you're going to try to tell a story like this, you almost need more time. You need like a this is like a mini series or a TV show or something where you could start to explore some of the motivations and we could really start to believe them a little bit more. You could flesh out what you're doing. You could spread some of the writing responsibilities to other writers who could write a little bit more authentically to the character's voice. Right. And I think uh, you're trying to cram it into a 90-minute or two-hour segment. It's just it's not working. Cartoon characters kept pulling me out. Yeah. Juliette Lewis in a little one-studio apartment by herself. It would have been a better movie. I love that you say Juliet Lewis so many times because Juliet Lewis. It, well, I have a thing for her. Well, but she's also fucking crazy. You yes. Can t- you can oh, it's in her tell. eyes. You can yeah, tell in her it's eyes. There. And, yeah. And and maybe I don't know. I've never met her, so I don't I don't know her to be crazy. But she's got that look of like, yeah, man. I I would not want to cross you because you could lose it. Absolutely. But I bet she's crazy in bed. Who money died this shots. week. Oh, I guess we're doing uh, money shots. My money. Fair. All right. So that's yours. <clears throat> the, the nurse's outfit. With yeah, the yeah. What's your, what's your money You know, shot? I'm going to surprise you. Not so much the. Cl- I'm with you on that. Your scene, by the way, mm-hmm. and your shot. But there was something in the first ten minutes of the film where she's with that dweeb, and uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where she's feigning being drunk. She's yeah. feigning, and then she suddenly sits up abruptly and goes, "What are you doing?" And there's a shift in her tone, and then it cuts to the opening titles. Isn't that correct? Yeah. That was like, ooh, that that really was a powerful beat for me. That's my money shot. I have to say something else. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and why is this movie getting eights and nines on IMDb? Oh, why, you know the. I know the to answer that. that. You know the answer to that. It's getting nines, nines, tens, nines. All right, go ahead. Because what this is people feeling really good about themselves going, yeah, yeah let's revenge, get a, stick revenge. it back to them. Don't forget Fuck what you're about guys. to say. You're going to say something else though. Okay. <clears throat> Men will always be sexually aggressive towards women, more so than women are toward men. And we have this concept lately in the past 15, 20 years, maybe 30 years, that there has been this kind of discussion where we can kind of train it out of them almost it does does, you don't train that out of people and not not guys not teenage guys Mm -hmm. you've been a teenage guy so have i and you know the the, when the hormones go kicking in and it's like oh dude the a, a teenage boy is like off the rails crazy right he's he does some fucked up weird shit because he's so driven by hormones and if there is someone 
who you see at a bar and you go up to and maybe you have pure intentions going i'll drive you home and then you're driving home going this girl's kind of hot yeah. i think she might be into me hey do you want to go up to my place for more drinks and she doesn't say no she doesn't say yes but you think she's kind of doing it you know i'm like i don't know and then you, you take her up to your your place you're like i'm gonna get this girl more drunk she i, I like what this is going that mentality, all of that stuff, they're depicting that in the movie as being an awful thing. He should have stopped, right? There's all these yeah. points where he should have stopped. But that's how men will always be with women. Aggressive. Um, or I, I, I guess you could say it's aggressive, right? Just whatever that is. I mean, I think somebody else might say aggressive is like holding a knife up to her throat and, and saying, oh, I'm going okay. to rape you. Yeah. Right? But that's not what this is. But this is like being... Proactive. Proactive. <laughs> I went from aggressive to proactive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then some, yeah. right? Yeah. In, the, in, in spite of her not saying yes or no, yeah. she was just kind of, mm, I don't know, just kind of hemming and hawing and him going, okay, we're moving forth. That's what guys do. Right. And I, I think if we're being very honest, there are some girls who kind of play along with that too. Absolutely. Who kind of like, I don't know. They don't, because they're, their honor is kind of on the line, right? And it's easier for them to walk away from the situation by saying, if I don't say yes, then it's not really my fault, but I kind of want to do this, right? And maybe they're in with some guy that they don't really like that much, but it feels good and they're kind of wrapped up in the moment and everything else. I'm not trying to make excuses here, but right. that's something that should be addressed and it's not going to change. It's, not, it's part of the dance of men and women. That was my next thing I was going to say. You go watch these like... Uh, um, planet earth documentaries and you watch in the in other animal species and you see birds that are doing the same thing these guys that are doing this dance to try to get women you know luring them into right. their nest right. and everything else right that's in the male species so it's being true humans. to what you are genetically yes yeah yeah i don't think you could ever stop it you uh, can't society it out of the way that we it's are part of the dance yeah plus of course all women want to be raped there we go. <laughs> Did it again, didn't I? <laughs> I'm not on board with that thesis. I know you're not. Few people are. I'm not sure if I am either, but I like to say it just to get a rise out of you. Is it anti wave? Oh, have I been waiting? Now, this is not a scale of how much we liked or disliked no, the movie. No. Separate that. And to be objective, obviously, this was an anti wave film. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I would say you're it is anti wave. Yeah. Well,. I mean, does the character get what they want? Yeah. Wait, hmm? Does the main character get what they want? No, she does. Oh, does well, she wait want a minute. that? I, I, know, yeah. I think she, she what she wants even more than... Revenge to get... Yeah, blow to get the she whistle. wants revenge. Blow the whistle, right. I mean, so much so that she wrote a letter saying, if anything should happen yeah. to me, here you yeah. go. So she right. knew You're what right. risk she was taking. Yeah. So I think she did get what she wanted. It clearly had a three-act structure. It did. Um subject matter is anti-wave and the the fact that she does die is anti-wave yes um there's just something about that also does not feel it feels a little more hollywood it does feel hollywood slick mm -hmm. that's your point yeah. the movie is slick yeah i think i would give it You're a six, seven six and a half yeah. unless i was thinking yeah. it's between six and seven yeah 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 agreed so go check it out best movie you've seen all year <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, to be to be fair, yes, this movie was watchable. It right? was. I, I have problems with the movie, 
and it's worth watching in order to discuss. But uh, this is not the worst film we've seen. Agreed. I, I, I think it's actually somewhat irresponsible, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't throw that very often. That's a grenade I, I kind of keep back right. because it's kind of like you can make a film about whatever you want. But this movie's trying. It's irresponsible because it's trying to do something. You can feel that the filmmakers, you know, that they had conversations about this, and there is the an scenes. agenda. Yes, there's a message, but it's but it's disruptive. Yeah. And yeah. it, it actually hurts their agenda. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, man, y- you're not getting it. Right. You're not realizing that what you're doing is perpetuating, perpetuating. or pep- maybe even making Promoting. it worse. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, who died this week? Gotta tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people, they didn't turn to deaths. Following people in the entertainment industry passed away this week. Charlotte Cornwell, 71-year-old English actress. She was in... Uh, White Hunter, Black Heart, and Dressing for Breakfast. We lost Sam Phillips, who is a 70-year-old South African actor. He's an Ace Ventura when nature calls. We lost Phil Spector, and I'm going to include him. Uh, by the way, music genius or murderer, cold-blood murderer, which ties into yes. earlier conversation, both of the above. And his wall of sound music was used in many, many movies. Larry King. Now, who? yeah. Iconic. Now, was he in movies? Can we justify this? I think yes, yes. we can. I yeah. did my homework. I yeah. did my homework. Ready for this? He's like in a cameo of like every other movie. He he was in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, he was in the B, B movie, and he was the voice of of Doris, the ugly stepsister, in Shrek Two and all the sequels after that. So he's and other movies too. So he does have cameo like appearances in films, and of course an icon. Uh, Remy Julian, ninety year old French stuntman. And he was in License to Kill oh. and The Da Vinci Code. And um, interesting piece of trivia. He worked closely with Luke Besson on an early film. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of the stunt action scenes. A stuntman died on the movie. And so uh, our guy, Remy Julian, was brought up for charges. Ultimately, they were dismissed. Wow. An earlier Luke Besson film. Do you know what the film showed. was called? I don't remember it. No. It was, I was not familiar with the name. The Final it was before the professional. It was before the professional. It was an early film of his. Sub, there's only like a handful of films. It was The Final Combat, Subway, um, and I'm The Big sure. Blue. I'm there's not only sure. three or four films before The Professional. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's dead. You know, the coroner's corner... Silver Spotlight Award. We're not going to give it to Gene Hackman or Betty White because, you know, Betty died last week blowing out all the candles. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. However... But wait, Gene Hackman? Oh, did I say that? Betty White. Betty oh. White was blowing out her 99 candles. It's oh. just too much for the old gal. However, I... I think you w- mentioned something about... What? About Gene Hackman. Oh, yeah, he's dead. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's with Is that Sean. what you're talking about now? No, it's just some... He's dead, but he doesn't deserve my Silver Spotlight Award. My Silver Spotlight Award is very important. It's I, sacred. I would say and Gene Hackman is pretty Gene, important. Well, wait till you hear this. I'm giving it to two animators. Uh huh. A little bit more important than Dead Gene. I guess. Dale Bayer, 70 year old American animator. Robert, he did Lion King. He worked on the Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Robin Hood. And we also lost Ron Campbell, who was an 81 year old Australian animator who was very much involved with Yellow Submarine, the Flintstones, and the new adventure of Winnie the Pooh. So I'm not giving it to Gene Hackman. I'm giving it to these two animators. They get the Silver Spotlight Award. The Candle Corner, following people, had birthdays. Hold on, wait. I have to say something. So, all right. The penultimate was a short film. Oh, you're not going to count that. The Last Battle, right? So, it's Le Denier Combat. That was a silent film, black and white silent film that he made in 1980 with Jean Renault. Right? I will have the answer for you next week. You know I don't forget these things. There was Subway. Yeah. Which is pretty good. It's like all these people that are like fighting in a on a subway? Uh, in a subway station, like hiding out 
It's good. Yeah. Big Blue, mm. which I talked about a couple weeks ago. I know. The diving I know. movie. And La Femme Nikita. Right? La Femme Nikita came out before The Professional. Right. Did it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then he made a movie called Atlantis, which is a documentary about you know underwater. So I don't think that was it. I will have the answer next week about which Luc Besson movie Remy Julian was a stuntman where he got brought up on charges. Yeah, because there weren't that many movies got beforehand. It. Got it. Birthdays, Kevin Costner, 66. Dolly Parton turned 75. She still looks hot. Richard Lester, the early Beatles things, you know, with help mm-hmm. and all that. 89. Tippi was he still alive? Yeah. Richard Lester? Yeah. Oh, well, man. he's 89. If he had a birthday, can you be dead and still have a birthday? Let's assume he's alive. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, yeah, I are we still that'd celebrating be, like Beethoven's that'd be, that'd birthday? That would be pretty macabre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tippi Hedrington, 91. And Gina Davis is 65. We want to wish all these people oh, a yeah, happy she's birthday. She's a Mensa member. All right. Hey, man. Want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five. Rape movies. Oh, excuse me? Rape rape movies what 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 are you looking at me for is there something i'm not getting i feel like there's something i didn't what's the line from is it uh from blazing saddles where they're like rape murder robbery and rape you said rape twice <laughs> i like rape oh you're making a reference to blazing saddles that's why i said blazing saddles that's why he rolled up oh that's why you said blazing saddles yeah. i don't think we have to define our terms but there's one interesting area i'd like to discuss with mm-hmm. you before we go into this statutory rape Someone, a minor. Oh, did you think about this? No, I didn't. Because this is really interesting. You know what? I'm going to say this now. And they're not included. I did think about when, like, uh, the, I think it was, like, Meet the Fockers, when uh, the dog rapes the leg, <laughs> you know, of... Uh, That's of, funny. What's his name? Yeah, what's his name? Ben. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yeah. That'd be very funny. You don't have that, no, no, even no. a scoop? Okay. No. But as far as statutory rape, people under the age of 18... And I did say these are not on my list, but let me just mention it now that I was I was certainly considering um, Romeo and Juliet. Hmm. Now, is it statutory rape if they're both underage? Yes. Oh, I don't know. One the case. has to be in the yeah. other. So if it's just one. So 16 year olds can fuck and no one's guilty. of rape. That's I, a great I question. Think the, I think the way it works. I'm surprised you don't already know. All I this. should know this stuff. I should be an authority. You're I saying one has to be over in order have, for charges. To no, be. no, no. Hold on. I think you have to be over a certain age to give consent, right? So you have to be like, I think it's like 14 in most states. But then the person who you're giving consent to can't be more than like three years older than you. So a 14-year-old can sleep with anyone age 14 to 17, right? Yeah. But an 18-year-old cannot sleep with a 14-year-old. This is, con- I get it. Are these state laws? Yeah. I think they're they're sta- that's why they're statutes. Yeah. And statutes I know for a state. while in Hawaii, it was like the the statute of, of uh, statute of limitations, the the age restriction, whatever it is, is uh, was I think like 14. I think they changed it recently. But I remember hearing that because I used to listen to the Love Line and people would talk about that yeah. and they would say Hawaii has like a really low aged um consent law and i was always like 14 oh my gosh that's fucking high school like or just starting high school wow. i guess it's probably middle schoolers yeah, that are yeah. that age crazy and also an animal house i think there was something with not the but there was a student yeah. and so there too but i didn't include the i have a question in the movie we just were discussing is there a rape scene Whoa. Well, I think you could argue the opening scene was a rape scene. 
Kind of. And they were watching video, even though we never saw the video. They were watching video of a rape. Yeah. Okay. So, I digress. I did include those statutory rapes. Okay. Go ahead. So, top five rape movies. Do you want to kick it off with your number five? You go first. Uh, Me? Mm Mm-hmm. You may argue with me on my number five, and if you do, I'm prepared for that argument only because I've got a substitute movie to mention. This movie talks about rape, but there is no rape scene. Oh. Yes. So it's a little bit controversial, 1960, I shouldn't say the year, To Kill a Mockingbird with Gregory Peck, where he's the lawyer, Atticus Finch, defending a black man accused of rape. Mm. He's innocent. The black guy is innocent. So it's a movie. That's not really what the movie's about, is it? But that could be like the B storyline, you know? And would you consider that a rape movie? If not, I'm ready to pull something else and take its place. I would consider that a rape movie. Oh, then I get it. It deals with rape. Yeah, it deals with rape, rape, right. So he won the Oscar for that. And the year of To Kill a Mockingbird is? 19... 62. Two. Whoa, you weren't one year off. Very huh? good. You nailed that one, didn't I you? I was thinking three, and I was like, no, I'm usually a year off, and I adjusted. That's great. Anyway, that's my number five. All right. My number five, I actually kind of tipped my hat a little about this a little bit earlier, um, is a documentary. Did mm. you tip your hat? I did. Did you mention it earlier? Mm. Go ahead. Mm. Tip, tip my hat. I should listen to you more. 2016, there was a 30 for 30 that came out. Do you remember the, the 30 I know 30 30. We, Th- yeah. They're fucking great. They man. are. Was that the food eating content? Was that part of 30? Oh, I don't know if that was yes, or it not. Was. I think it was. I yes. think it might have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sports. Yes. It's sports. And that's yeah. what 30 30. Well, the, the name comes from when ESPN turned 30. It was 30 years. Right. They got 30 filmmakers to go make 30 films right. in, in each one of their different style about something having to do with sports from the time that. ESPN began. This has been 30 years. So we've got 30 filmmakers who are going to make 30 movies. Yeah. But this, the series became such a success that they were like, let's just keep doing this. And so Absolutely. now they keep making more And that's and more where movies. we saw our food eating competition documentary. Okay. There was a documentary in 2016 called Fantastic Lies. And this is about the, LaDuke, the Duke lacrosse team. Oh, you just alluded to that. Yeah. I tipped my hand. <laughs> I know. My, my hat. Uh, I guess I tipped my hand. My hat would be like a, an acknowledgement. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Tipping a hat is positive. Yeah. Tipping, tipping my hand would be like in poker. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Like show <clears throat> okay, uh, But anyway, ahead. Fantastic Lies. Yeah. It's a great documentary about how the um, the district attorney winds up finding out that the uh, the Duke lacrosse team did not commit the rapes that they were accused, and yet they still proceeded with the trial. They had evidence to prove that th- there was no rape that had happened. That she had made the whole story up. Why well, wasn't thrown out of court? Why did it go that far? Because the district attorney pushed it. And that's what the whole documentary is about. Right. It's like the, the city knew wow. that he uh, that that these guys didn't do. It. They had um, they had video evidence. They they had gone to an ATM and there was ATM footage of them getting money out at the time that she said that she was being wow. raped. Wow! And they were able to kind of prove that she didn't get raped. Was the city attorney stripped, <laughs> barred of the right to? So that was part her. of the the documentary too. Is it? I I think for him. I don't think there was – was there any sort of repercussions? There were calls for it, I know. There were definitely like, this guy, this is criminal. He should do jail time. But DAs are protected, and so they they basically have immunity against that DAs kind of thing. DAs are protected. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. So it's most federal most, law. No, 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 not federal, state. but in most state laws, the DAs are protected. And Why are they Well, protected? see, the other problem is that like, when a DA gets locked in on you, 
they have endless resources. They just start throwing money at it. And there's been a lot of calls <clears throat> for district attorney offices to have a budget and be like, you get this much money and that's all you get. And so if you can't make it work within this amount, then you shouldn't be going after this case. It's like there's only so much that you should be able to, to go after because it would prevent <clears throat> these very costly cases. You know, we talked last week about the, uh, the Night Stalker, right? They didn't try any of the kitty cases where he had molested right. and killed yeah, these kids because they just said, why bother? You know, why are we going to put them up there on the stand? It's just going to re-traumatize them. He's already done. This is an open and closed case. We just caught the guy. That's all we need to do is catch him and, he's, and it's done. And that's the case for most crimes. At most crimes, it's like, we know who did it. This guy did it. You don't, you're going to go to jail because you fucking did it. So that's it. It's these weird offshoot crimes that's like – that sometimes they're innocent sometimes they're guilty and it's like why are we spending so much money going after this person and that's the case what happened with duke is that the district attorney kind of um, i think there was an election that came up and he had already kind of committed publicly to prosecuting these guys and then there was new evidence that came to light that they were innocent but he didn't let up and he was like well my reputation's at stake now i still want to know why in many states a da is immune i want to know why anyone can have immunity why should anyone be granted oh, I that? I totally agree. Wow. Anyway, okay, it's a really That's interesting right. documentary. I, I tried real hard I think to get you, a documentary. You would like that one, especially because yeah, it's while it is about, it's about sports rape. tangentially. It's oh, actually I don't about, like sports. I don't yeah. like sports. I don't like movies. But you like rape. Mm. <laughs> what do you got? Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, not bad. Mm. No, I kind of like that. I saw it in the theater when it first came out, and that was such a disturbing scene because of the juxtaposition of the music "Singing in the Rain." Yeah. Remember where he was raping uh, Stanley Kubrick directed it, and uh, a very young Malcolm Malcolm McDowell. How about that? Wasn't that song improvised on the? Was it? Is that what you I heard? I don't think they. I don't think that they had planned on it. I think that song just kind of came up. I can't remember how it came up, but it came up, and then. They said, we got to get this song. And then they wound up kind of using it throughout the, the movie. They got the wow. rights to it. Yeah. It's a fucked up scene. Yeah. Again, the juxtaposition. Uh, the year Clockwork Orange oh, is? 74. Mm, 71. 71. With, <laughs> with such conviction, he said that. And? My ahead. number four. Yes. Is a movie we've never discussed on this podcast before. Whoa. 1992. Edward James Olmos. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of the it's principal. a movie. We talked about it. You're thinking of the, the, prin- the school movie, right? Right, the principal yeah, who yeah, actually yeah. died, Clark. That oh, was yeah, he yeah. died a few weeks ago. No, not that one. There's another Edward James almost movie. It, he's an actor. He's done a few movies. He, I thought I only associated with that high school film. <laughs> he made another movie called American Me. Oh, where he goes to prison. I can't remember if the scene happens in prison or after prison. But somebody gets raped up the butt with a knife. And I'm sorry, what did you just say? Somebody gets raped up the butt with a knife. What? <laughs> is, that, is that what you thought you heard? You heard? I just want to hear you say it again. And again somebody gets and raped again. up the butt with a knife. Yeah. And, uh, who boy. That's about all I even remember of this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's your money shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it was. It affected me when I saw that. I can that. see that. Yeah, I that can was see a that. Definite, like, whoa, wow. Um, and I guess as I've heard about it later, th- that movie, um, there's still a lot of 
it it bordered on a lot of true stories that had happened and the like the the mexican um th there was like some mexican either cartels or gang members or something that were really upset about that movie and they were out to get Deborah james almost and and there are he still has some security issues over this movie wow 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 yeah all huh. this time later they were not happy about the depiction of it because i think it, it kind of in, implied that they were gay yeah. and they were you know raping other people and they were not happy about that wow i wow. can't remember the entire story about that Hey, maybe you could find that out this week. Oh, yeah, I'll work on that. <laughs> I'd rather watch the movie. Do you happen to know the time code, how far in I have to right. wait until I can finally see that scene? Somebody getting raped with a knife? Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? My number three, mm -hmm. Jodie Foster. You know the film. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A taxi driver. <laughs> no. Jodie Foster? Yeah, but she doesn't get raped. Well, I want to rape her when I watch Well, there was... Yeah, well, come well, on. You know, she won the Oscar. You know, you're messing with me. Are you messing with me? Wait, and no, oh, I'm not, not thinking it right. Oh, you're not? Okay. She got one best actress for this film. Jodie Foster. Yes. Give me a hand. What, okay. what am I? What I know I'm going to. Uh, people yeah, are to me. I thought you know. Like, she got the Oscar, and um, and what else can I tell you other than the year? And uh, uh, it's a two word title for Little Man Tate. No. <laughs> to say, I know, Freaky Friday. No. <laughs> The Accused. Oh, The Accused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good, good movie. Uh, the Accused, the year being? 89? Yeah, 88. Mm. 88. And uh, I want to say that prior to The Accused, she was still regarded as somewhat a child actor with movies like Freaky Friday. This brought her, she was acknowledged as being a damn good actress, winning the Oscar for it in 1988. So she was taken hmm. seriously as an actress. Who else was in that? I don't know. Google it right now. No, you oh, Google it right no, now. I don't know if I... Tell me what to do. Yeah, oh, see, if I Google it, then you stop talking while it, and, th well, and then I'll, there's dead see. air. I'll talk about the rape scene with the knife. Okay. Yeah, we'll take this out. Oh, anyway. Kelly McGillis. I liked her. Kelly in, McGillis. She was in Witness. Bernie Coles. Yeah, Witness. You remember Witness? Yeah. See, I was thinking that... You know she's gay. Oh? Mm -hmm. I know this stuff. <sighs> My number she, three. She just needs to be raped, that's all. Okay, sorry. My number three is from 1998. Now, I have mentioned this to you before, and I think I might have even seen you a, sent you a clip of it. It's another movie that all takes place in one location. It all takes place in a house, one house. And it's a guy who's trying to um, leave a gang, like a, uh, like a gang of like robbers. They've like pulled off a heist, and he's trying to get out and run away with his girlfriend. And the gang one by one shows up to the house and they're all trying to get even with him in some way room room i don't know just thought i'd try that i guess i'm no, wrong no and there is one <laughs> Not scene to be confused with the, the room go ahead go ahead yeah there's one scene where uh he gets raped by the hot girl in the gang the what? movie's called thursday i never heard of this film I think I've sent this to you because it's a very erotic rape scene and he's telling her no and she proceeds to get him erect and aroused and she puts a gun against his head and she starts to have sex with him and she says, when you come, I'm going to kill you. And she's having sex with him and he's like getting closer to, to climax and uh, you know, he doesn't want to orgasm because if he orgasms she'll kill him 
Do you have the Blu-ray? <laughs> You're so fucked up. So wow. Fucked up. Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 compelled. I'm fascinated. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, there's that. Oh yeah, there's that. All right, that's your number. What's that? That's your number. Number three, three. Okay. My number two is the obvious one. And this is the one where you knew I was going to say this. 1974? And, no, it's 72. Two? Mm. Yeah, one word title. Um, yeah. Uh, bullet. <laughs> Deliverance. Yeah. 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 I mean, how could I not? And we've talked about that a few times on our podcast. And um, Ned, Ned, Be- is it Beatty or Beatty? Beatty. 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 Yeah. yeah. He was dressed squeal like a pig and all that. It was, And I remember seeing it for the first time in the theater in the year. So we already said seventy two, seventy two, yeah. and it's 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 really fucked up and compelling. Um, John Borman, he was quite a director. He yeah. directed the hell out of this movie. We talked about the cinematography, the look of the movie, the music, everything about it. And again, it is an extended metaphor uh, for raping the land. Don't forget the very beginning. You see the bulldozers, what they're doing, coming in, moving land, and the river won't even be like that in a short period of time. They're altering the terrain, so we're we're raping the landscape as well as poor Ned. We recently did an entire episode on, on this yeah, movie yeah. and fuck, it's good. It, it's a, it's an incredible film. Again, simple concept, right? It's just easy to understand. Not one location. Yeah. I mean, I guess you might want to argue that it's the river, but and that's a big location and it, it just to- totally get it. Simple, everyone was easy. so good in that movie. Yeah. Everyone was so good in that film. Yeah. Every one of them. And, and then Beatty, I mean, you he it's, nailed his role yeah. to the point where you're annoyed with him at the beginning and then for after what, the overing whiny kind yeah, of yeah, 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 kind of, yeah, he yeah. just you he knows exactly what he's supposed yeah. to do and you're like, I fucking hate this guy. And then that scene happens and his whole character shif- shifts and he changes. Um and he's still the same person, but it, it it's like He's not that whiny anymore. Right, right. And he's looking for someone to protect him. Yep. And, you know, he, he, he has an arc. That movie is. Everyone was solid. at the top of the game. Burt, Burt Reynolds and John Voight, they were all at the top of their game. Yeah. And again, I keep talking about the cinematography. We saw a documentary together on how they did that. Yeah. Where uh, Vilo Zygmunt, the cinematographer, was in another raft yeah. with the sound guy and the director Crazy. and cameraman. The Crazy. three of them shooting the rapids along with them. This is before the CGI nonsense. They're out there filming this fucking movie. It's a fucking real nuts. good movie. All right. 2010. And my, my number two is from 2010. Okay. There was a movie um, starring Rain Wilson and Ellen Page. Real? You know who Rain Wilson is? Well, of course. Okay. Yes. From The Office. Yeah, he, he I know who he is. Okay. Yeah. It's a movie about a superhero, about a real-life person who wants to become a superhero, and the movie is called... Wait, so it said Ellen Page. I thought you were going to go for Hard Candy. No, but that's on my screen. Actually, I should have mentioned that. Okay, go ahead. Um, She rapes him. She rapes Rain Wilson. And it's a movie called Super. And oh, it's got a total... Super. He's like begging her to stop, and she won't stop, and she has sex with him. Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not her name anymore. At the time, it was Ellen yeah, Page. Yeah, Elliot Page. Now. Yeah, and I think it wasn't Woody Harrelson. Who's the bad guy in that movie? Um, Woody Harrelson had a different one, but uh, he had Defendor. He was in, but 
it's a that's a really great movie that you should check out. Liv Tyler's in that movie. Oh. Um, who's the, the oh Kevin Bacon? Of course, I should should have known. Kevin Bacon's in every movie. Yeah, but is. it was directed and written by James Gunn. Do you know who James Gunn is? No, he's the guy who directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Ah, oh, yeah, both of them. Yeah, there you go. Wow, nice. Check out. You like Super? You really? I like would it. like Super. Yeah. Do you have the Blu-ray? I don't. I like my number one. Okay. This came to me two nights ago at two in the morning. Okay. I woke up and I thought, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a rape movie per se, but there is a rape. Rosemary's Baby. Uh, and I thought, this is fucking good. The devil rapes her. And we see it. Yeah. We see the scene where they're on that yacht where a monster is raping her. And, you know... I. I, I think we've talked about the movie before, and it's one of those movies I forget how good it is till I start watching it again. It's By the way, the year being 19... Oh, 70... Oh, is it pre-70s? Yeah. Six, I would have said 71, 72. Okay. So 69? 68. 68? 1968, yep. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was that early. Yeah, yeah. Obviously with Mia Farrow and um, Ruth Gordon got the Oscar for supporting actress. Mm. I love what her acceptance speech because she was she, she was say? she was old then. Yeah. She was old and she was holding it and she said, "Well, this could be encouraging." I love that. Like she's got this whole <laughs> life ahead of her. I just love that. Well, this is very encouraging. <laughs> um, and um, it's 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 uh, obviously directed by uh, by what's his name. Uh, oh, Roman um, Polanski. Yeah, Roman. Roman Polanski we were talking about earlier. And there's a definite rape scene in that film. And it's um, it's quite a gothic horror film. Uh, disturbing as fuck. Have Very you seen well the documentary about Roman Polanski? No. That kind of, it, it kind of does some correlations between his act of you know, raping the, yeah, the girl and then also like the movies that he's made which often deal with mm. rape. Very interesting. So there's that link we've been talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Yeah. I like that. That's my number one Rosemary's Baby rape movie. My number one. Yes. It's from 2002. Have I heard of it? Only from me. But I'm thinking this is going to be the movie I'm going to make you watch this year. I think it's going to be my birthday movie. This, by the way, is another another one of those you can't unring this bell. Once you see this movie, it's... It's gonna it's gonna live in your head. What's the, time, the year again? It's a French film, and it's from 2002. It's called Irreversible. Oh, you've talked about this. Yes, go ahead. Yes, and this movie will fuck you up. Um, arguably one of the most disturbing movies of all time, and it's told backwards, much like uh, uh, what's the Memento? Memento. Yeah, it's told backwards. So you, you see a scene, and then a few minutes later, you see another scene that came before it, and then a few minutes later, you see another scene that came before that. And the, the, one of the last scenes that you see, the whole movie is these guys that are, that are trying to find this man, and you don't know why they're, they're after him. But by the end of the movie, which is actually the beginning of the story, you find out that it was this man who raped this woman and it's her brother and her boyfriend that are after this guy and you see the rape and it is um horrifying it's just it's the images are are burned in your retinas wow and it's all in one shot and the the camera is just it's on the the floor of it's like a tunnel under the uh, parisian street and he's raping her and she's reaching out to the camera and it's kind of like 
she's begging you to help and you can't do anything and you're just kind of there and you have to just she's begging you watch. to help the yeah. viewer yeah she's like reaching out almost the viewer. yeah it's very much like yeah. that like she's yeah. reaching out for you to yeah help. yeah uh make this your birthday movie we'll watch it i'll watch it we'll yeah, talk it's about terrifying it. wow nice scoops what you um, got american history x oh mm-hmm. who's raped uh, uh what's his name yeah uh, by the uh edward norton is na- raped by the other white supremacists in that movie Remember, then he's like, nah, forget these guys. And then he's like, I'll just go solo. And then the black guy tells me, you can't do that. If you do that in prison, you're fucked. Right. And so he kind of does anyway and keeps his head down and tries to just avoid everyone. What a fucked up movie it is. Yeah. You, you've talked about the head hitting the curb. Yeah. Curb stomp. Yep. Yep. How about Shawshank Redemption? Also another great movie. Oh. Remember the the but they call them the fairies or whatever it yeah. was that were after them. Yeah. The queens. Yeah. I didn't think of that. After him. Yeah. I got a I got one for you that we don't actually see the rape, but we see the aftermath. Seven. Remember he gets the um he gets the the razor penis and forces the guy to have sex with the prostitute. And then Brad Pitt and um and uh what's it Morgan Freeman show yeah. up yeah. afterward and he's like, Get this thing off me. And he's like all freaked out because he's just killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah, there's a few nice. rapes. And uh, was it Last House on the Left has the infamous rape scene that goes on and on and on. Right, and on and on. right. Well, I'm glad I didn't include Romeo and Juliet because that was going against the spirit of oh, yeah. the movies. <laughs> uh, some of my scoops include um, um, in the movie Freeway. You turned me on to that film. Mm. You and producer Joey. Is anyone raped in that movie? I'm trying to... I'm not sure. There's an attempt. A, a, attempted rape. Yeah. Uh, even Black Snake Moan, I don't think is a rape movie. She wants it, mm. but I don't think that would count. Uh, here's the one. I was going to substitute this if you're going to give me a hard time with To Kill a Mockingbird. The Ultimate Revenge movie. I Spit on Your Grave. Have you seen that? Wait, maybe that's what I was thinking before when I said Last House, uh, Last House on the Left. Hmm. This is getting even. I spit even. on your so grave is like, she gets raped and then she like. The whole thing is getting even with them. Yeah. yeah the gang bang and getting even with everyone. Last now I'm, now I'm getting those left, two confused. I think Last House on Your Love also has a rape scene. Okay. It does. So yep. they're two separate films. So I spit on your grave um, and uh, and that's all. That's all I've got in the way of scoops. But we invite our listeners. Well, that was fantastic. <laughs> what a nice. <laughs> what a bizarre what a, yeah, episode. Bizarre. Well, 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 part of our culture. <laughs> hey man if you have uh if anybody has any rape movies which they do well they could uh keep them to themselves <laughs> if, they, if they must share yes them, how they would they do that through our email which is robert <laughs> rapert <laughs> at antiwaypodcast.com <laughs> that was or, or or i'm trying to think of a word like rape that sounds like ira but i'm not coming up with anything i i rape i <laughs> At antiwavepodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the lines of dialogue from the um, Promising Young Woman. Yes, they are all over the place. Do you know this the title or do you just have to look at your notes? I had to look it up. See? That's multiple times that's happened. Uh, We're on Google Podcast Music. Uh, We're we're all over the place. We're on Spotify. Uh, just, Just go to our website. Or go to iTunes. Write a review. 
Rate us. and review. Rate, be great. rape and review. And throw us rape a few bucks over Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, mm, what are we week, doing next week? We are going to watch a movie. We are? Yes. Again? Again, again, again. <sighs> it's called The Vast of Night. Mm. The Vast of Night. Yes. I like fun. the tie. This is gonna be. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's on Amazon. It's uh, streaming on Amazon. Yeah. Good, good, good. And um, we should thank producer Joey for good idea. Job, yeah. Yes, we should thank Joey. Uh, I think that's about it. What do you want to do? Let's do something. Mm. Yeah, my buddy. What do you want to do? Oh, I'll, I'll turn it right back at you. Mi- it's miniature golf. You know that you're not going to do anything that's even close to a sport. Ice skating. <laughs> Let's go to an archery range. Until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. No crazy woman is this lucid.